Hey y'all, I'm Janelle Yarbrough and welcome to Bloggers and Friends. This is your podcast for discussions around relevant topics and experiences that resonate with the culture. For those of you who roll with me, you know we talk a lot about embracing the possibility of change. We'll continue to touch on that and lots more. Sound good? Word. Let's get into it. Hey, hey, y'all. Kicking things off like I usually do. I hope everyone is doing well today. It goes without saying I am grateful that you chose to be here with me today. Um, I want to say a special hello uh, to the new listeners who have joined our little community. I'm from Portland and expected that to be where my strongest following came from. In Portland, I feel the love, but Ohio, Virginia, Washington, Cali, Texas, New York, Missouri, Kentucky, Florida, Idaho, and Alaska, I see you. Also to the listeners outside of the U.S., France, Germany, Malaysia, I see you. Thank you all for your support. It fills my heart. I love how engaged you all are. Please continue to send me your thoughts and feedback uh, via email, IG, or Facebook. Um, I hope and assume that you all tune in weekly because this community and what we talk about and share resonates with you and your spirit. There have been a few topics this week that don't necessarily seem like they are connected or even uh, as though they're in the same ballpark of conversation. But as my brain continued to process them individually, here she go, I realized just how much the three topics have in common. I remember as a kid, I was so rebellious. Life felt like it was just happening to me. And I found that I was constantly trying to figure out ways to show people uh, that they did not control me. Although the reasons for those feelings varied, some stemmed from my home life and others stemmed from what I experienced as a young black girl, I was always in a fight to prove that I am the only one who has control over me. As I got older and matured, my perspective and understanding developed. I grew in the direction of healing from childhood trauma, but that only resolved a portion of my rebellion. Over time, I began fine-tuning the spitfire that lived in my spirit that sought to be free. The part of me that didn't want to feel owned by anyone. The part of me that felt like an active volcano, ready to erupt at the display of injustice or misuse of power. The part of me that could no longer manage or gloss over micro or macro aggressions. The part of me that could not patiently wait for a seat at the table or my rights, my life, my body to be of value to someone else. The part of me that understood where my power was rooted, that understood the vision and the assignment. Generational and historical baggage? Meh, maybe. Real-time experiences that warranted this rebellion Abso-freaking-lutely. <laughs> you feel me? The difference between me now as a rebellious adult versus me as a rebellious kid, it's the vision and the knowing my value and power for me, sis. And that's what <laughs> makes us dangerous. 
I mean to them. There are a lot of layers to this. Y'all ready to pull a few back? All right, now. I'm going to actually go backwards because the topics that I want to connect for you today really came to me over the course of a week. Now, just follow me now. I don't know if any of you have watched High on the Hog, How African-American Cuisine Transformed America, but listen, listen, if you haven't, you need to. This isn't just your average cooking show that follows a food lover around the globe. This is an informative, intimate, and emotional journey of the Black experience and our ability to exist, create, build, define, produce, and resist via food. This is our history, our culture on display. And to be honest, when I reached the end of the fourth and final episode, I felt like this couldn't be the end. There was so much more to tell. These stories, this history was overwhelming, both painful, but yet so joyous in the pride that I felt. Chef and writer Stephen Satterfield was brilliant in his vulnerability and curiosity in capturing and telling these stories. I'm not exactly sure what I expected as I selected the show. I knew that I wanted to support Black shows and creators, but show. I knew that I wanted to escape the NBA playoffs. I still love you, Blazers. I had hoped to be inspired, (laughs) and I was looking to come up on a few cooking tips so I can feel like I'm a chef in my own kitchen. Chef Janelle. But what I experienced (laughs) was unexpected, and I'm still, Mm. as I speak, processing the range of thoughts and emotions that I had. Shoot, that I have. I want to stay away from using the word resilience because I feel as though this word actually became a tool or a means to further inflict harm upon us. What I watched was additional stories and context around how we rebelled beyond what some may have been taught or beyond what some may have considered even possible. In the face of enslavement and savage treatment, we still cared for our families, prepared meals, and presented and carried ourselves with dignity, pride, and maintained a sense of community. We were the knowledge. We built and created an economy around agriculture, among many other things, (laughs) and eventually went on to use that knowledge for ourselves. That is rebellion. We kept culture and tradition alive. That is rebellion. This docuseries as a whole is the continuation of that rebellion that says we will tell these stories of our excellence, our contributions, our building of this country, and the establishment of Black American culture in the U.S. The rebellion is refusing to forget, refusing to be put in a box. Ah. Remember that box. And refusing to allow the whitewashing of America's history. Use the history of Memorial Day. Rebelling (laughs) is telling the truth. And we seek this truth in the pursuit of, yep, freedom. Remember I said lots of layers now. I'm going to pause right there and we will come back to connect these dots. Okay, come on in. Today uh, was hair care day for me. Yep. That good old day once a week where I spend the first few hours of the morning washing and spoiling these curls, honey. (laughs) Pre-corona, this was every Sunday for me and my youngest daughter. My oldest lives on her own and is on her own schedule. 
you are still on a schedule, right? Anywho, <laughs> I won't go so far as to say all, but most black women have a hair day like this where we give our hair some extra love and attention. We are redefining our curls, getting hair braided, touching up locks, deep conditioning, treating scalps, getting ends trimmed. Essentially, for y'all that don't know, we are polishing our crowns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she poses. We care for our hair and are creative with our hair because this has always been an extension of our individuality, our personality, uh, the preservation and passing down of our culture. Our hair is a statement, an expression, a form of art at times, and also a demonstration of defiance. And yep, that word again, rebellion. So when the topic came up this week about bonnets, <laughs> oh, Lord, <laughs> I had to sit in my thoughts because I am on the side of don't you ever wear your damn PJs outside. And y'all, to me, bonnets are PJs. <laughs> PJs and slippers and bonnets, oh my, clinches pearls. Keep them in the house. <laughs> but that's just my opinion. Okay, just my opinion. As I continue to watch this conversation evolve, I realize that this is one of the many layers of conversation around Black women owning themselves. As much as I hate to admit it, <laughs> I had to recognize and acknowledge that a lot of the conversations that I saw being had with thoughtfulness were all calling out what they felt like was the audacity of others uh, to feel as though they can tell them what to wear and what determines self-respect and professionalism. I think this conversation was triggering because Black women are tired of feeling as though someone is trying to own their bodies. Black women are tired of feeling the burden that we each individually represent and speak for all Black people. And black women are tired of feeling as though they have to subscribe to white America's idea of what's acceptable. Whether I agree or disagree with wearing a bonnet in public, I hear and understand the need to silently yell, to protest in small and large ways, to own yourself out loud, to refuse the box. Again, y'all know a box. I wrote a short poem a year or two ago called Crowns. It said, um, curly locks, kinky coils, endearing scents of argon and coconut oils, slick back or Afro puffs, long or short, this girl gon' strut. Black, brown, sandy mystique, braided or twisted, our creativity's unique. Our bond, our identity, our culture, distinct. It's our blackness, our connection. It's the language we speak. It's cornrows. It's plaits. Hijacked and taken back. Once degraded and shamed, now it's hashtag proud to be black. Our expression, our rebellion, our journey, our plight. Our pride, our commitment, our history, our fight. Representation of the royalty I am. The dignity and crown of every black girl. Boy, woman, and man. Hmm. I know that poem was nothing deep, y'all. Just a structured thought. 
but it seemed right to fit into this combo. We talked about this quite a bit in episode seven, the last episode, but feeling as though, or should I say knowing that you can show up in spaces and places being exactly who you are, that is freedom. Come on, sis. I may not agree with wearing a bonnet in public. As a matter of fact, I hate it, (laughs) y'all. But sis, I understand your desire to be in control of yourself. I understand that for many of you, this is a protest. I respect and appreciate that. But did I say I still hate it? (laughs) Just saying. Last but not least, our girl, pro tennis athlete, Naomi Osaka, baby, listen, she is really who kicked off the week, right? She is proof that in your vulnerability lies strength. Okay. She is an example of healing, a demonstration of protecting your peace. And I just think she just speaks to the importance of putting people over profit. Would you tell them one more time now? For those of you who have been hiding under a rock, in a nutshell, this queen communicated that she would not be doing any press events at the French Open in order to protect her mental health. She understood that there could be a fine and she accepted that possibility. It ended up causing such a stir. I'm still trying to figure that out. That Naomi decided to withdraw from the tournament as she stated that she didn't want to be a distraction. OG move. Okay. Now let me tell you how the proud black woman in me heard that. Y'all ready? Okay, French Open, calm down. Y'all don't own me. Go on and take your little 15000 Maybe you didn't get the memo. I am the highest paid athlete this year. You finding me doesn't make me or break me, risking my mental health so that nosy reporters can in every slick way possible ask me who I think I am as a black woman to come in and win at a sport that was marked for white men and women. Nah, I'll pass. The queens Serena and Venus endured your foolishness and consistently put you in your place so that those that came behind them, hello me, wouldn't have to. I stand on their shoulders, but I'll catch y'all next time if I feel like it. I mean, that's just what I heard. That's what it sounded like to me in my head. I mean, that's just me, though. I mean, I ain't putting that on her. I'm just saying that's how in my head I heard it. (laughs) Naomi showed us all what freedom looks like, honey. There is no price, no level of fame, no person in this world that is worth sacrificing your mental health for. And this, my friends, is the power that I speak of. This is what they hate to see. While they are sitting there asking who she thinks she is, she's telling them, catch up. I just showed you who I am. And if you're still confused, the only thing you need to understand is that I am not your property, period. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Child, when you're still reminding folks that they don't own you. Now, let me connect the dots here. 
Remember I said these sound like they are very different topics and you probably couldn't see where I was about to go with this, but I hope that if nothing else, you see the relentless pursuit of freedom in each of these topics. What is freedom? All hell. The list is back. Truth, (laughs) acknowledgement, the urgency of now, the ability to show up being exactly who you are, the ability to live, provide, and thrive without systemic barriers and insecurities, safety, ownership, peace, equality, equity, wellness, education, exposure, travel, access, and the extinction of poverty, y'all. You feel me? Just my opinion. I'm sure. I'm missing a few things, but y'all get my point. Yeah, so that's it, y'all. Freedom doesn't rest solely in the hands of those said to be in power, political power. Freedom is also what you demand, what you pass on, what you create, and what you unlearn. We should all be on an ongoing quest for freedom as we all stand on the shoulders of those who fought to remind this country of its promise and who instilled the idea of freedom in us. Get free, y'all. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you are notified when a new episode is posted. You can stay connected between podcasts by following us on Instagram at fear.not.the.journey. You can also join our page on Facebook at Fear Not The Journey, or you can subscribe to our website and blog by visiting www.fearnotthejourney.com. Thank you for joining us for this episode, and until next time, be well.